Well, Merry Christmas, Community Church. So good to see everybody here today in Mount Pleasant. Merry Christmas to you in Alma. Merry Christmas in St. John's. And a special Merry Christmas to those of you who are worshiping with us online today. I love it when the celebration of Jesus' birthday lands on a Sunday. It just seems appropriate, doesn't it? Well, over the past few weeks, we've been talking about how our home exists and what happens in this. And we've welcomed you into it. We've said, welcome home where everybody is welcome, where nobody's perfect, and where everybody is loved. Now, in that setting, which is the setting of this church and it's the setting of the kingdom of God, something special can happen. You know what that is? It's that anything is possible. Do you believe that? That anything's possible, no restrictions, no limitations whatsoever, no exceptions, no time factors. Anything can happen to anybody, anywhere, anytime. But there is a caveat, and that is anybody who has faith in Jesus Christ. Jesus spent over three years with his disciples. And one of the goals he had in his time with them was to show them how to have faith in him. He became the object of their belief. And that's the same today, that when you and I come to a true understanding of who Christ is, we have faith in him. Throughout his walk, there were times when he used situations to help understand what it meant to, to have faith in him. One of those situations happened on a day when a man came to him who had a young boy. We don't know if this was his only child, if it was his only son, but we know this. He was devastated by what was happening to the boy. That devastation was the fact that the boy was filled with a demon, and the demon was throwing him down and putting him in fire and putting him in water and trying to kill him. It was a terrible situation. And he heard that Jesus was in the area and he saw the disciples and perhaps he knew that they were followers of Christ and that they too had been given the right to do things on behalf of Christ in his name. And so he took the boy to them and they couldn't do anything. It was not a good situation. So he comes to Jesus and listen to what he says to Jesus in Mark chapter 9 verses 22 and 23. This is from the Word of God. It has often thrown him into the fire or water to kill him. But if you can do anything, take pity on us and help us. Perhaps there was a pause with Jesus' answer, but he says this. If you can, said Jesus, everything is possible for one who believes. Now, notice, Jesus said, bring the boy to me. He welcomed the boy. He knew the boy wasn't perfect, but he loved the boy. Our three first principles of welcome home. And now he was going to do that, which was impossible. And he did it. He cast the demon out. He restored the boy to his full, capable strength and gave him back to the father. But the disciples had a problem 
because they couldn't understand why they weren't able to do that. And here's where Jesus' teaching on faith takes place. Notice in Matthew chapter 17, verse 20, the answer that Christ gives to them when they ask, why couldn't we do this? He replied, because you have so little faith. Truly, I tell you, if you have faith as small as a mustard seed, you can say to this mountain, move from here to there, and it will move. Nothing will be impossible for you. I don't think that the disciples understood that nothing was impossible. They were still learning. In Mark, Jesus also says to them, this does not come out except by prayer. And another version says prayer and fasting. So you see, there were several things that were coming to play in the difficulty for the disciples. Why they were not able to cast this out. Well, life is difficult. And maybe it's hard for you right now. Sometimes the holiday season highlights our difficulties. So my prayer for you is that in 2023, you're going to have one of the most victorious years you've ever had. That that which seems impossible, God will bring to pass just for you. I want you to see the impossible come to life in your life. So how can you do that? How can you appropriate what is needed? It's going to take prayer and it's going to take faith because prayer and faith go together. The Bible says you have so little faith. Jesus is not really complaining. He's just pointing out a fact that you and I, we don't have a lot of faith because our faith is quite often misdirected. We think faith is all about getting whatever we want, just asking God for it and it'll show up. That's not faith. And sometimes our faith is misdirected and it's, it's in things or in other people, but faith is really that belief that God is and that he's a rewarder of those who seek after him. So if we seek him, we will find him. One conversation that Jesus had with these disciples led them in a direction of deepening their faith. Now, I want to take a conjecture here for a moment. This is not in the scriptures, but sometimes it's important for us to be willing to step into that time frame and see ourselves there. I see myself and these disciples are all around me and the man has brought the young boy and he's laid him down in front of them and the boy is convulsing and the disciples are looking at one another and perhaps, just perhaps, you know, one of them says, well, why don't you do it? He said, no, I'm not going to do it, man. I, I can't do it. Only Jesus does that. And one says, Thomas, how about you? He says, I doubt that it would work. I mean, I don't know what's taking place among these disciples, but I don't think they prayed. I don't know whether they had fasted or not, but I don't believe that they truly had the faith, even though in Matthew chapter 10, Jesus had sent them out giving them the power to do these things, and they had actually exercised it at that time. It worked then, but now it's not working. It doesn't make sense, but they're confused. 
you would think after three years of following Jesus, hearing his words, seeing his actions, when he would restore people to pure health, he'd take away the leprosy, he would raise the dead, that truly they knew the power that resided in him and that he had given them this same power. But somehow their faith was not strong enough. You see, faith is not about getting what you want. Faith is about believing that God, your Father, will do everything necessary to glorify himself. Let me read that again. Faith is not about getting what you want. Faith is about believing that God, your Father, will do everything necessary to glorify himself. Now, let me add something to that. So, when you have a situation, when you have a mountain in your life, if you have faith in God and you take it to him, then God will glorify himself and deliver you. He'll supply what you need. Sometimes it means you have to work hard to get that supply that he is providing. Other times, God just provides it. And it can be a small little thing, but it's still miraculous that it happened. I want to give you an example. About a month ago, my wife Linda and I were traveling to go to a, an overnight retreat with some other pastors. And on our way, she said, you know, my legs have been bothering me since the chemo, and uh, maybe we should get me some pickle juice because when she takes a sip of pickle juice, it sends a message to the brain that relaxes the muscles, and it really works for her. So I said, sure, we, we can stop. I, I'm looking at my watch, and I'm afraid we're going to be late to this thing. I'm really concerned, and, but I'll do it. So I found a store, and I stopped at the store, and I went in, and I went up and down, and finally I found one jar of pickles. That's all that was left, one jar. There, for some reason, there was a rush on pickles. So I bought this, and I, I picked it up. I went up front, and I got behind a lady who was buying Thanksgiving dinner for 12. I mean, her basket was overflowing. And I'm behind her. And I'm praying, Lord, I don't want to be late to this conference. Why don't you just have her say to me, go ahead and get in front of me. I mean, it's easy for you to do, Lord. Just put it on her heart. Please, Lord, I want to get out of here. I want to get this done. And suddenly a man behind me says, oh, I see you like pickles. What? I turn, put the pickle jar on the belt, and I look at him, and he says, I just got two jars of pickles. I said, well, you must have gotten them before I got the last one. He said, well, why did you get them? You like them that much? I said, no, it's for my wife, and I explained why I got them. And I turned back, and my pickles were gone. I had no idea where they were. And suddenly the lady in front of me turns to me, and she has the jar in her hand, and she says, God bless you. I just included them with mine. You know, my idea was to get in front of her. God's idea was to pay for it. And that's the way God operates. Now, is that a miracle? No, not necessarily. Was it impossible? Maybe, maybe not. But it's that kind of thing that faith spurs on. It's when you take these little things and you do everything you need to do. Faith looks to God. And with God, there are no limits, whether it's small or whether it's large. The father had asked the disciples to heal the boy, but it didn't happen. 
the disciples acted as though they were without faith. I've done that before, haven't you? I've reacted from my flesh rather than acting by faith. My mind was turned away from undivided trust in God. So, how's your faith? Do you have faith? How long have you been following Jesus? Consider these questions. How's your prayer life? This is the beauty of Jesus. You don't have to have a silo filled with faith in order to turn to the Lord to ask him to move a mountain. You only need a mustard seed faith. That's what God is offering to you. Why mustard seed? Why did Jesus use this as an illustration? One pastor wrote these words in talking about the literal mustard seed and how it grows. And he said, through death, it rises into new life, pushes its way through the whole mountain of obstructions and resistance, piercing clod after clod until at last it rises into the fellowship with the air and the sunshine and the dew for which it yearned and was designed. That's mustard seed faith. That faith is planted in you. And over time, it starts to work its way up in you so that you believe and you understand and you follow and life comes into it. It doesn't give up in times of distress and despair. It doesn't look for immediate return, but it believes it's an uninterrupted and vital contact with God so that his resources, his power, his authority is available to you through your faith. Now get this, the more you pray for that faith to increase, the more he will increase that faith. The more he increases the faith, the more you're going to pray. So you want to be a prayerful person who is living by faith so that you can move mountains. Why in the world did Jesus use that? A little inside information that's really neat. The Jews in that day said of rabbis, they can move mountains. Jesus is turning it around now and saying, okay, I'm a rabbi, I'm a teacher, but I'm telling you, you can move mountains because of your faith in him, you're able to do that. But you must stay in constant contact the power of the mustard seed faith is unlimited. There's nothing that is impossible. Now, faith without Christ is impotent. Faith with Christ is omnipotent. Faith without Christ is impotent. Faith with him is omnipotent. It's all powerful. If you have faith, you actually trust God. True faith is alive. True faith grows. It's plain that everything hinges upon faith because the Bible says without faith, it's impossible to please God. The success of faith doesn't depend upon quantity, but upon quality. Because when you have a faith of quality, a faith in Jesus, a faith that believes what God has said, then for you, anything is possible. 
It was a cold night in Tumen, Siberia. My wife and I had traveled there many times, working at a seminary and doing some preaching and teaching and working with widows around that area of Siberia. On this night, we were speaking at a youth rally. There was a 24-hour youth rally, and it was one in the morning. I was in the midst of a sermon when I saw the back doors to the church fly open, and there was a person standing there, and my spirit could feel the evil in that person. And in the midst of that message, it just came to me, and I said that that person should leave and close the doors, and they did. And I continued with the message. And when it was over, one of the elders came to me and said, that person is still here. Would you come and cast out the demon? And I really did remember the story of this man with his son and the disciples. And I said, well, I haven't prayed and I haven't fasted, but I have faith. But I'm not going to touch the person. I'm not going to cast out the demon. And they said, well, could you at least get this person to be quiet and leave? And so as we walked back to the room where the person was located, I, I was praying, God, I believe that you can do this. I have faith to believe that what's not possible for me to deal in this spiritual realm is possible for you. So I walked into the room, and I didn't say anything other than these words. In the name of Jesus Christ, shut up. Now get up and leave. And the person stood up, mouth closed, and walked out of the building. I mean, I was shocked, but I shouldn't have been because God did that. I didn't. That which is impossible for me, God did it. And that's what God wants to do for you. He wants to take your mountains and he wants to move them because with God, all things are possible. Watch this very carefully. A few things that God has already done to prove himself. The most impossible undertaking of all history is that God would become one of us. Not possible. He did it. That he would willingly take upon himself the flesh of a man and live the life of a sinless creature that he created. Not possible. But he did it that he would willingly pay the price for our sins. Not possible. He did it. That he would rise from the dead, the victor over death. Not possible, but he did it. That he would be seated in bodily form at the right hand of God the Father from now on. Impossible, but he did it that he would make a promise to you and to me that he would never leave us or forsake us. He would always be with us. And he gave us his Holy Spirit to live inside of us. God living in us. Not possible. But he did it. And finally, that he would promise to come one more time to bring you and me back to him. Not possible. He will do it. And it all began on the morning that we celebrate today. 
It all began on that Christmas morning when he was born in Bethlehem. God born as a baby. Not possible? Well, he did it. He did these things, and he did them for you. He did them for me. Now, because he's already accomplished the impossible, logically, that makes everything possible. Anything can happen because God is behind it. So what's your mountain? What are you facing this coming year? I want you to yield those over to him because nothing's impossible for our God. Give him your hopes, your dreams, your difficulties, your addictions, your problems, your issues. Give them all to him and pray and believe by faith that God will do the impossible for you this year. Come to Jesus. Today's the celebration of his birthday. And if you're not a follower of Jesus Christ, today could be your rebirth day. So I'm going to pray with you right now, and then I have one more thing to say. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, I thank you for those who've been with us this morning. And I pray, Father, if there are any here who are not followers of Jesus Christ, that you will do the impossible, you will change their hearts right this moment, and that they will turn from the ways they have been living and thinking, and they will turn to you, and they will receive you as Lord and Savior and begin a new life today. I pray that in Jesus' name. Amen. Welcome home, Community Church, where everybody's welcome, nobody's perfect, everybody's loved, and anything is possible. Do you believe it? Believe it.